podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Blinkety blink, 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 blinkety blink, 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 Good evening and welcome to the Euro Roundup. Anyone expecting Andy Young there will be sorely disappointed. We've got a new lead singer for the intro music. Uh, we had Phil doing that. I think Shawnee might be in on backing vocals. Um, Backstreet I'm, Boys, not really Shawnee. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Wrong direction. Um, I'm the host tonight, Keith, and we're going to just take a look back at the round of 16 games in the Euros. I'm joined by Phil Casey. Phil, how are you? The dream killer, as you now like to call yourself. I like that. In the place, new personality for tonight. It's Phil Seven on the mic. Well, oh, the broken mic. Look. Yeah. yeah, over. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no he's in for a tree, everyone. Phil Seven, the new yeah. Phil. Nike in the house, the works and everything. Didn't even notice. <laughs> Sold out now. That's it, he's the corporate shill. Look, that's the level. <laughs> We won't, uh, layers, we won't layers, for that. there's layers to this player. Tiramisu. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm also joined by Sean Lawson. Sean, how are you? All good, mate. All good. Uh, all the way from Carrick on Shannon. It's uh, it's, it's you've done a good stint over there, didn't you? You're, you're putting in a good shift over uh, in the West. Told you apprentice, told you apprentice here yeah. now. Just ah, uh, one summer in Carrick on Shannon, then I'll be fully qualified. So. That's Maybe it. Tell your grandkids that. about it that summer in Carrick and Shannon. Yeah, yeah. And this this is a charbusters tan, in case anyone is wondering. Oh yeah. It's just a lighting. Yeah, no, that that's yeah. cool. That's all right. That's yeah, allowed. Nice, that's nice. allowed. Yeah. Nice. yeah. It looks good, looks good. And from Sunny Runcorn, minus the tan, we have Chris Brack. Chris, how are you? All right, man has a son as well. It's Runcorn. Don't get, oh, you don't get that, is not No, not to get rid of the chemicals. <laughs> I suppose yeah it could always be worse couldn't it um, last week me and Chris done a show on the Euros and we just had a chat about the games uh, and how it was going and how the competition was sort of um, shaping up and, and some of the runners and riders and how they were falling and a lot's happened in the last week since then we've seen some big big names go in the group stages and also in the knockouts so we're going to go through all these games and at the end we're going to talk about who was being impressive what teams what players you know anyone that's really stood out um in the tournament and we're also going to discuss um the the standard of the competition um me and sean you had a bit of a a set here in the whatsapp group people think we agree on everything all the time we do not um and I have a view, Shawnee has a view, and we're just going to have a quick chat around that as well tonight, just how the Euros are going. If that's okay, drop that on Shawnee there, you probably didn't know, but we're just going to have a little chat around the, the way the tournament is shaping up um, 
in in you know it's it's it it's it's shaping up nicely by getting into the meaty end of it. So my opinion is slightly different than my the way it may have started out. But look, we'll we'll hear everyone's views on it and in the chat as well. We'll see what the guys think as well about that. So we'll start off, lads, right? So the, the games that went, we'll, we'll come back to Sweden and Ukraine because that's still ongoing at the moment. And I wasn't waiting around because you didn't start the forum till what, 10 to 11 or something last night. So yep. that was a bit, that was a bit hairy. Phil texts me, what, what are we doing? Are we waiting? No, we are not. <laughs> well, there, there, there's a fair, there's a fair reason why not, Keith. Like this is one of the worst games in the whole tournament so far. So I was happy to come on uh, on yeah. time-ish. And that, I suppose, is the thing, isn't it? Like last night's game had sort of everything. I had all the excitement. I had all the action. I had the goals. I had, you know, comeback. Very reminiscent of the first game yesterday. But it was, um, tonight didn't really have that, didn't live up to that. But I don't think much really could from, from last night. But, Sean, I'll go back. I'll start with you. We'll look back at the games. I would start off with Denmark and Wales. So Wales came into this game. A lot of people were maybe excited for the Welsh, thinking they were they were looking good. I would say maybe um, underrating the Danes. How do you feel that one went? Was it as expected or did Wales just not show up on the day? Oh, we played, we've literally like played Wales about six times, Ireland, yeah. in the last two years. Yeah. So and Denmark. We'll, oh, sorry, sorry, Wales. Yeah, and Denmark, both of them actually. Yeah, yeah I, even, I meant Denmark, but we've played Denmark. And the thing is, they're a quality side yeah. and they're very well structured. They have good players all over the park. They're a very, very good side. And they were one who I felt were kind of written off coming into the tournament. But obviously what happens, happens in the first game. And that's been the catalyst for them. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. They've all stepped up. I think every player has gone up 10%. And then probably the surprise package of the tournament, actually who steps in for Ericsson is this young lad, Damsgaard, who has been so impressive. Now, uh, given given the lads that props, like the field goal show, like I, it's not something I don't think you're going to attribute to a, a tournament anymore because there's just, everyone knows everyone about up and coming footballers, but this is one who I'd never heard of. Like, no idea. Like, there's a lot of people in the chat there talking about Malia. Like, he was at, at Atalanta. I'd say Atalanta can't fucking wait for this tournament to finish because the way it's going, they're going to have no players because every yeah. one of the players are going to be snapped up. It was Merenchuk, who has been very good. He was brilliant for Russia. There's so many of their other players. Like, you know what I mean? So, Denmark, the football they played the other day was unbelievable. And I know you're going to get on to a key about the quality of the, the standard of football. Yeah. But Denmark have played some absolutely beautiful football. Like they were unbelievable in the the last 20 minutes of that game the other day. The ball retention, how well they moved the ball, that structure, how good they were defensively. They've been really, really good and they're being written off and they are a dangerous outfit for anyone who they might face between now and the end of the tournament. Because like no other side in this tournament, they have a, they have a motive. Obviously, there's other teams with motives, but these have a real, there's something there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the Danes have history with this tournament. They have, they won it not too long ago. So they've been really good to watch. They'd be more surprised. And 
that game, I have four nil finished, wasn't it? Yeah. Some of the goals are lovely. Uh, they blew Wales away, and I'm telling you now, nobody will want to play them because in knockout football, they're they're very dangerous. They are, and Phil, it's an excellent point that Shawnee touches on. You know, the Ericsson effect. Look, it's terrible what happened to Christian Ericsson. We all agree on that, but. You know, and it's not a dig at England. England have the football's coming home thing, you know, and that's the, the driving thing behind the English um, charge, which very, very good. They're, they're, they're getting their way through. But the Danes have, you know, the fact that one of their star men nearly dies on the pitch. If that's not going to galvanise you as a group, nothing really will. Do you know what I mean? And, and they've embraced it and they've, you know, they, they've put in, they've surprised. You could have gone either way is what I'm saying. They could have fallen off a cliff. Are they batten down the hatches, knuckle down and go through the tournament? But they're doing it in style. Yeah, look, I, 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 I said to you last night, the, the narrative for me in this tournament so far has been Denmark. Between the crowds in the stadium, because of, of, of all the crowds that we've seen, the, the Hungarian yeah. stadium there, but yeah. they're just full of mad lunatics, right? Between anti-everything in, in that stadium. But the, the Danes are proper footballing people, right? Um, and the Danes have their own issues in, in, in their own country, but they, yeah. they're, they're a proper footballing crowd outside of throwing the beer on the pitch because that must cost a bleeding fortune to go to a Denmark yeah. match, right? Because if you score after every goal, how many beers did they throw away to score, winning against them? And it's, it's about 11 euro a point yeah. in bleeding Copenhagen. It was in Copenhagen. <laughs> it's not cheap. That. <laughs> what are you doing? Score well, a goal. How good was that? Like that? Yeah. How oh. good was that? The bit like yeah, yeah, man pills and scars, and he slides into the crowd, and he's drenched in Carlsberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think for, for for me, the Denmark story starts in the la, in the that last game of the last round because they're going out right. Like yeah. this is the, you know you notice the, 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 the you have the Ericsson bit. They have to play the match. It looks like it, it could get off to a war start in terms of everything that goes on, even being forced to play on by UEFA in terms of being given the options. Either you forfeit the match and lose, or you go back out and finish it off. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 just, it's it still seems madness. And then they go out in the next game, you know, brave hearts and all that type of stuff. But the, the, and I don't mean that in a euphemism. I've just realised what I said there. But like yeah, then the, the then then the 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 last game, it's a must-win situation. It's do or die, and it looks like they're on their way out. And you can yeah. just see the emotion of that crowd. And from there, going into the going into the Wales game, so the opposite was true for Wales. Like they looked, Wales looked to bail. They looked to. Um, Whatever random players they have playing for them, that should be playing like in whatever league they should be playing in. But like Ram- the, yeah, Ramsey, Ra- who Ramsey, Alf, in. yeah, <laughs> it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, the, but when you look at the Welsh team, they had their that their day in the sun was the last the last major championships that went on. You look at Bale; he's been playing golf. He's planning on going into the the US Open next year or something that he can that he's interested in. And when they needed leadership and they needed somebody to turn up, there was nobody there. And the Danes just put them to the sword. And I thought it was of all the performances in this round so far, that theirs has been by far the most ruthless and the most efficient in terms of what they've done. And they've delivered what they what they need to do. Like you've got Bale, look at who's in goal, Danny Ward. The only thing Danny Ward's ever been good at is leaking teams to the press. You know what I mean? Like leaking teams out to the OITKs on Twitter. You've got, I don't know who's playing, I don't even know who plays in defence. Nico Williams is playing at left ben back. Davis. Nico Williams. Not here, Ben Davis. Do that one. Yaman has been good. To be Joe fair. Roden. Yaman Joe Roden has been impressive, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Seems like a podcast. <laughs> like, I think. <laughs> on a spare time. <laughs> yeah, I think Spores, like Spores are lacking now in the centre back department. Like, he should be given a go. Yeah. based on the back of this because Mourinho said great things about him as well which is not like Mourinho to talk about young players No, so he is another one but 
can't not agree with anything Phil said there. The Danes definitely the standout this round so far. Mm. And they've 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 done a bit of chopping and changing with the team, Chris. So I'll come to you. Like Kaspar Dahlberg comes in, he he comes off the bench, I think, in the rushing game, but he starts in this one, grabs a brace, and they just they're, they're taking the bit by the bit by their teeth, aren't they? What's that saying? The, the bit between they have the bit between their teeth, and they they're going to gain momentum. And momentum is a you know there's there's loads of ways to have your momentum. Two two four goal hauls, and now we're setting up a quarter final with the Czech Republic. They will be confident going into that. Well, they will do because I mean, I think they're the first side to lose their opening two games of, a, of the Euros and still go and still go through to the knockouts. So they'll just feel like it's a bit of a destiny. I just felt Wales looked like a side that was full of Championship players and a couple of squad Premier League players, yeah. which is what they are. You know, that I agree with Phil. Their time was la- the last, the last Euros. They kind of come to the end of their cycle, you know. And obviously for Wales, you know, their actual manager is not even in the tournament. So, yeah. which doesn't help, which doesn't help. But yeah, I th- I, to be honest, Chris, I think it actually did help because your man's deeply incompetent, right? And um, I think Wales actually were better coached than they would have been had Ryan Giggs turned up. I, think, I, I honestly think that it did Wales a favour in this tournament because they didn't, they didn't, like they got out of the group, they did what they had to do and they got shown up for what they are. And that's because mm. a team like Denmark, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut across you, but like we know from playing Denmark so many times, Denmark have always been ruthless at putting shit teams to the sword whenever we've played against them. And they put us to the sword so many times. So like, it, it felt like I was watching Ireland play Denmark. You know when we went to those playoff games and they just destroyed us? Yeah. Sorry. Very true. Very true. But Chris, where were you? I can't remember. I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about the, the fact that the Wales team is basically yeah. consistent in the championship players. Yeah, yeah I mean, and it is a fair point. Like, who's Joe Morrill? Was he in midfield for them? Yeah, I've not heard of him. He from all. Like this yeah. that up top yeah. that they were hanging the hopes on. But look, if, Dan, Dan oh. James, he, he occasionally plays for United, you know, Ben Davis is in and out of Tottenham. You know, and then obviously we're bringing Nico Williams on. He's played what, two games this year for us in the league. You know, and then I mean Harry Wilson again had a good season, but he's a champion he's been playing the championship. It's not it's not the same level. And you saw the naivety when he got himself sent off. I mean, it's a harsh it's a harsh red, but you know, you you can't go wrong you can't just go boot someone in the air and then assume that you'll be all right. Mm. Very true, so, very true. But the the Welsh, yeah, they it, they are very reminiscent of Ireland. Obviously, they have the star quality. They have Gareth Bale. They have Aaron Ramsey. They have your mate Joe Allen as well. There, Phil. Um, but they've got good players. But it is supplemented with with some maybe average players, which sort of they done well to get out of the group. And this is something as well that the three teams coming out of the groups they were in with Switzerland and Italy, and they look like they've really stepped it up in Wales, maybe. <laughs> They were they were by far the third best team in that group, and they look they looked way out of their depth in this knockout phase, and that's probably the only the only disadvantage of of the tour teams coming out of these groups rather than having extended groups where you have the top two coming out because to get out in the top two is 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 much tougher to finish in those top two. You have to more or less avoid defeat in two of your three games. Win one and draw one might get you out, but in, in all likelihood you're going to have to win one and draw two. To prevent to get yourself out in the top two, um, as most tournaments will, will, will testify. Whereas with this, one one win or one win and a draw could get you out, or one win could even get you. Out. I think we're, we're the worst tour place finisher of of the lot. Where Wales, the ones that, that skimped in at the end. No, I think they had four, didn't they? So I think they were. I think they were a little bit better. They were. Did they draw with Denmark? Was it? They drew yeah, with Denmark. Yeah, and that yeah. Was yeah. No, they didn't draw. 
they drew with uh, they drew with Switzerland, 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 yeah. Switzerland yeah. they all wear red, so yeah, yeah they're like, all the same. But four years, four years ago, Portugal won it, winning one game in the yeah. group stage. So they, yeah. they didn't, fact, they didn't even win a group. They was three so draws in the international tournaments, like yeah. And we're, we're going to go on to it, and, and this is why I think, like, uh, and I'll wait until we go on to it, but England oh, and like that for me. Yeah. No, no, you're like, right, because, you're right. Like, it, when Spain won the World Cup, they're arguably one of the best international sides ever. And yeah. they beat Chile 1-0, they beat Paraguay 1-0. They actually lost that first game to Switzerland. Yeah. in the groups like it's about just kind of finding a way you know what I mean like they, they didn't perform as well at all across that whole tournament and then they nearly go the whole way with the the Dutch in extra time yeah whereas not the spoil Selke and I look the lad said something as well last night on the show that you, you'll never see a congregation of more shite managers in your life at a tournament because it's just the truth and it's not being negative and I don't mind England to be honest with you my beef with England is small sections of the fan base who I think are just fucking oafs and that's look call me what you want but that's just what it is you get these fucking idiots who turn up to Millwall and the type of lads you know show up the football games looking for fights that's that's my bag with England and the media but this team, I'm not, I've no real gripe with anyone, even though they're led by Harry Kane. I don't mind them. They're inoffensive, figuratively and literally, because in a way, Selke has them set up. But they've just... Look, today, you have to give them his flowers. He he picked the team to get you to the next round, and they did. And it wasn't pretty. But only, team, only one team really looked like winning that game today. And now... They played a winner of this game tonight to play. Who who was who was in the Denmark? Denmark. Denmark. So they to play they, if if they manage to make a pass Sweden or Ukraine, which is fancy them there. They will have a chance at getting into a major European final. And yeah. look, he can't do much more than that, really, can he? Exactly. Um, Phil Chani is dead right there. You know, tournament football. It's not always about you know going through and and playing the best football. It's about going through. That's the important thing. And some teams are maybe guilty of, you know, the likes of, just Pete spoke about the Dutch last night, flattering to the save, and Portugal are gone out, and Germany are now gone out, and France are gone out, and all these big teams have, have gone out of the tournament. Because maybe they didn't have that mentality of just get through, just grind their way through. Johnny's right. England have a, a squad now. It's possibly one of, I won't even say the squad itself because I know there's issues in the squad and players that weren't getting brought in that. But they've a pool of players there, a talent pool to draw from. That rightly makes them one of the favourites for this tournament. But if in 30 years' time they win this tournament, no one's going to really give a shit about how they got through that group or how they got past, no. you know, Germany. And that's the thing that we sometimes lose, lose track of. It's Tournament football is, is just about getting in, getting through the rounds, isn't it? Keith, I think we can go through, the, go toy by toy if you want. Well, I think we're better off framing this discussion properly because this tournament has been one thing and one thing more so than any tournament 
since 98. And it's been the most exciting tournament to watch since 98, right? Yeah. But it's been one of the poorest quality tournaments. I know, and I know this is the debate that we want to get into. But I think it leads on to the discussion of all the teams that have gone through and everything that's happened in this round of 16. And I think it's ideal to discuss it on, on, on the back of it, right? Because yeah. we talked about Denmark and Wales. And Denmark's had the struggles getting out. But they look at a different class of team to Wales. But they still look deeply flawed. We talk about yeah. when we go to talk about the, 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 the Spain game, like Belgium, they win 1 0 against a really good Portugal. So I think of all the toys that I've seen so far, the Belgium win is probably the most impressive when we talk about survive and, and move on yeah. because they're playing one of the better standard teams, but they exploit the weakness at the same time yeah. because there's clear weaknesses in that Portuguese side. Um, and they managed to keep Ronaldo at bay, which very few teams have done in international football. Look at his goal record, right? So as, as, as things go, the more I thought about that Belgium game and the result on the back of what we discussed last night, the more it actually impressed me, even though, again, going back to the England thing, Martinez is a terrible manager. He's a very average football manager when it comes down to it, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't want to. I know we haven't gone through, but from my point of view, when we talk about Selke again, a really poor average manager, bad selections in terms of what he what he does and how he sets the England team up. But he's up against the German team, whose manager is probably six years past where he should be and should have been yeah. replaced at this point. Excellent and point. And again, a, a flawed German team. They can't score goals. German's problem is executing goals. It's unbelievable that they've gone from Podolski and Klose to a, to two tournaments now where they can't find the predators. goals. Score. They had yeah. players who were just predators in tournaments. And every time but a German team has struggled in a major tournament, they haven't had a killer goal scorer. And again, Werner is like, I don't know what happened. Timo Werner at, at Leipzig vanished and was replaced by an alien, right, who's turned up in a lookalike. Dave yeah, it's it's yeah. it's just it's it's unbelievable. Um, they, he must have well, got his contact lens. Phil, he was good at Stuttgart when he came through. He was an exciting player, and then he stepped it up when he went to Leipzig, and he looked like he was the obviously Liverpool were linked to him, and he looked like he was the real deal. And now it's just, and this is the sort of thing, right? Phil's brought it up, and this is what we started being talking about in our WhatsApp group yesterday. Was I? I'd said. I think it's a terrible tournament, right? And Sean, he's like, <laughs> that, no that's way. A mad take though. Like nine exciting. hours. Nine hours. <laughs> well, what's well, terrible? Then, well, that's like, that's that's what I wanted to clear up. And sort of Phil, I think, has touched mm-hmm. on it there. I did caveat and say it's it's probably the most entertaining, but so low on quality. And it's, it's that exciting. We for, well, well, that's, that, that's true. And, and that's that's a very good point, Sean. Like, and it's, well, I'd rather be entertained, right, than watching. Two really good teams Go. like Spain and Holland in the World Cup final. Go, you well, you have a winner here Holland. anyway. This oh, is great. Well, yeah. yeah, three minutes uh, in the extra time, injury time of extra time. But what I was, you know, you mentioned the Spanish going through and winning the World Cup. World Cup final was brutal that year. Spain and that was a shy Netherlands. I was great. Yeah, it was. It was shit house brilliance that was. Yeah, but it was shithousing. So it was, but it was tactical. Spain was such a good team. Yeah, Holland was, was such a good team, and they were sort of tactics and. What, what, that's not for one, everyone. Yeah, but one thing that's not being brought up at all is the the conditions the players coming into this tournament are in. So yep. if you look at like group stages in, in World Cups or European Cups, the first game, nobody wants to lose. The yep. second game, nobody wants to. And then the top games in the group, a lot of the teams have to come out of shell to, yep. to kind of... 
And I think what's helped that is the fact that the tour, there is there was tour play spots there for people to go through. So people are more expensive. But if you like, if you look at it, and I noticed this while it was happening, like not after the fact, I noticed saying, "Fucking hell!" Like an awful lot of these games are nil all at half time, but they're really good. The, like they're really, like there's loads of chances, but they're nil all at half time. And then what you are seeing then in the second half of games is players are bollocks. They're bollocks. And they're making them defensive mistakes that tired players make. You see so many own goals. You see so many, like just it's like lazy defending. But the players are just tired. the ref. Sorry, Sean. Robbie Keane is the ref. Do you see him? <laughs> He's an absolute <laughs> ringer for Robbie Keane. It was always his dream to ref. I just looked so, up to see a fella doing a bar check, and it's Robbie Keane. <laughs> so I think. Everyone's bleeding watching the game here. That, that nobody's listening really. I think that I think that's the tournament has been uh, a product of that. Like players are bollocks. They're tired. Like you're seeing yeah. today, players are starting to pull up with injuries now, which I'm surprised didn't happen earlier. You're seeing yeah. in the England game. You're seeing a couple of the, the German French players. game as well. The French the game. French game lost a couple. Yeah. yeah. Like so, it's it is starting to catch up. But like my. I'm different to everyone. Like people turn around, people are too easily led by other people's opinions, right? So you could turn around and say to me, "You think the tournament is shit?" But for me, I'm enjoying it. So if you enjoy something, somebody can't tell you, "No, you're not enjoying it." <laughs> Do you get exactly. Like, yeah, no, no. I hundred percent agree with this, you on that. I agree with you on that. Well, at the end of the day, I'm enjoying like this. The full stadiums, like Phil said earlier. The Denmark game, there was goals going in from 30 yards and there's, there's fucking limbs in the crowd and there's bear going everywhere and it's proper football. It feels like yeah. proper football again. And I'm someone who hated what football had become in the, the last six months of that season last year because it was just sick of the shite. And one thing I will say was probably lent to it. And I'm, I'm here away watching it, right? One thing they don't do in Spain is... and I'm Caribbean but if you're watching the game, like Pete Smith will back me up there if you say, right, the game kicks off, it's half time, there's 15 minutes of ads on the telly. And the next time they come back on, it's the second half. There's no analysis, there's no breaking down of chances of what happened. It's just football. And then as soon as the match is over, they go back to ads and they cut on to the next programme. You don't have Alan Shearer, Ian Roy, Gary Vinegar all sitting in the studio picking the bones out of every little thing. So all I've seen is the football. Yeah. That's all I've seen. And the, the comment the, the still colour commentators in Spain, like they, they have the game on downstairs there. And I knew there was a goal because all I could hear is I'm going, Go like you don't you don't have yeah. <laughs> like it's still very much the way it used to be. So yeah, you, and it's not overanalyzed. And one thing I will say is the reason why we've enjoyed this tournament the most is because at the end of the day, after the games, all anyone is talking about is football. It's not talking about stupid VAR decisions, a shite refereeing, a poor officiating. It's all about football, the quality of the goals. Like Phil, some of the saves in this tournament have been outrageous. Like your man, so your man Simon saved yesterday for Spain. Mm-hmm. It's out of this world. Like some of the saves have been unreal. That's what we watch football for goals, fucking mistakes. It's been brilliant. I've really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, and that's fair enough. And you touched on something there, Sean. You know what your 
I can't tell you how to feel about watching football. And that's not what I've done, just for anyone listening. What happened, how this all stemmed was I'd said, does anyone else think the quality of this is terrible? And where I was coming from, I agree with you, it's, it's, it's entertaining. But what I was sort of coming at was the good teams, the supposed big teams, aren't great, right? And, the you know, we let's look at the Spain and Croatia game yesterday. I thought, I was watching the match, right? And I didn't tweet this. I didn't put this in the WhatsApp just as well. I got lashed out. But I was thinking to myself, if there was a forward on these teams, they'd be excellent. But the standard of attacking players, I thought was dreadful on Spain and Croatia. I think Croatia have a midfield. They've a competent enough defence. They're not great, but they've a good midfield. And I said, if they had a forward, they'd be a good team. And Spain, I think they're attacking, even though they banged in goals in the last couple of games, was pretty, you know, non-existent for me. And I was coming from the angle of, you know, Holland have gone in and haven't been great. Portugal went in and weren't great. France have gone in and weren't great. Germany went in and weren't great. And not just because they got beaten. It's not that they were great and then went out. You know, if you look back at the French, they were poxed against Hungary. They were, you know, the Portugal game it wasn't a great game. It blew in, blew up in the second half. It was a decent one. Ah, uh, that was a good game. Yeah, but it, it went into a good game. But it was, you know, it was two teams, I don't think that, in my opinion, I was expecting more maybe individual brilliance from Mbappe, for example, for France. I don't think Mbappe showed up in the tournament. I don't think Griezmann no, was great in the tournament. You know, and it was the players that I was expecting. Um, Memphis, Depoy, Holland, let's say, as an attacking outlet, I thought might be the play. He didn't really do it. You know, Genie gets goals to, to drive them on. Ronaldo gets five goals, three of them are penals. You know, I just felt that the tournament was lacking that bit of star power. And what I did enjoy about the tournament was the fact that Denmark were excellent, that, you know, the Czech Republic are going through and are, are taking scalps. And the, the Spain-Croatia game turns into a ding-dong. You know, Morata gets a nice goal. It, it put my theory to bleed in bed that there's no attacking talent on either of those teams. And even last night with the Swiss... The Swiss are a good team. Do you know what I mean? And they they never say doy against the French. So what what has been entertaining for me is there have been goals. There's been a lot of gaffes. But the weaker teams, they well, Switzerland aren't a weak team, but the weaker teams are giving it to the attacking teams. And to me, what I find is it's still that pandemic football, but with crowds. It's I think it's the bridge between the shit that we've watched for the last year, where it was no crowds. But the football was a bit helter-skelter. If you look back at the Premier League last season, you have seven goals for Villa against us. You've got Spurs hitting United for six. Leicester hit City for five, was it? There was yeah. games where there was a lot of goals going in, down to a lot of a lot of errors and a lot of what's, mistakes. What's made a big difference as well is the five subs. Yeah. I think that's made a big difference. Yeah, 100%. Uh, like you just <laughs> some of the some of the benches of the teams like Spain's bench yesterday was insane. Yeah, England's today, England's today, Germany's today, and that's where it's being won. And one team you haven't even touched on yet is, and it's mad because I feel like you know better than us all. You've seen great Italian teams. This Italy team is playing a type of football that you wouldn't associate with Italy at all. Yeah, like free flowing attacking football, but it looks like. Look, if you're a betting man, if you if you were told today that it'd be an England Italy final, you'd say yeah. But they're in a team where it's been shoddy defensively and shy defensively. Those two have been coming like 
I think it'll be considered that first goal in 26 years against... Yeah. Like, 14 games, like, 14 games, and then you can see and, and to be fair, you know, uh, uh, England have been very solid defensively. Their whole tournament has been built on being defensively solid. So that will get them so far. But what would make this tournament for me now is, like, one of these ball cards to pop up and do in England and do it, like... If Spain were to win this tournament, it'd be fucking bonkers because Luis Enrique, although we won a Champions League, is a reskinned Spanish Gareth Southgate. <laughs> yeah. Roberto Martinez is a is a Spanish, another Spanish Gareth Southgate. Belgium managing Belgium. So the Southgates are all over the gaff. Yeah. There's like there's Mancini. Mancini Mancini is the best coach. In the yeah. tournament, boy, mm. boy, far has more pedigree than them all. And for me, in the end, I think that's what will make the difference. Yeah, it's an excellent point, Chris. Shani does touch on, you know, I've said the teams that haven't been good, but Italy have been the team for me who have been because they're the, they're the best all round team. You know, you can look at them from the goalkeeper, the defense, the midfield, their attack. They seem to have the best balance and the best blend. Would you agree with that? Or do you, is there anyone else that stood out in, you know, some teams are good in the knockout on the group phase and you might see it different in the knockouts. Are they the team that you think are the best equipped to go all the way? Because they play Belgium now in a semi final and then uh, in the quarter final, sorry, and then Switzerland or Spain. They have a tough road to get to that final. Yeah. And, um- they, they they seen the best one the best ones Italy in terms of how they're set up. What was quite good against Austria was the actual Austria game um, reminded me of when Liverpool beat Villa at Anfield. I actually thought Italy were quite poor, but Italy went almost like reverted to type was. Well, if we can't get this free flow of football to work, we'll go back to what we know and we'll just be ruthless in defence and you know try and make hard. And Donnarumma pulls up a good save, and then your man uh, is it Chiesa? Who I Federico. Yeah, every time I see him, um, he just looks, you know, the perfect sub for them. You know, he just seems to be, a, you know, a real impact player. Um, you probably fancy them against Belgium because the talk is Belgium haven't got uh, De Bruyne Hazard, isn't it? De Bruyne Hazard. The signs of breakdown. Now, the only thing that gives Belgium the edge, make it, it still helps Belgium, is Lukaku still an absolute monster. You know, and he's. But I, my thing with Belgium is a bit like France. I looked at them defensively and just thought. I just don't fancy that defence at all. You know, that Belgian defence, I think you can you can get at it. The only thing that might let Italy down is I'm still not fully convinced by their strikers. Immobile, he's done all right you and me. Obviously, I've had many WhatsApp conversations about him. Obviously, he shut me up when he scored two in the first game. Like, But Immobile's never convinced me and I just don't know what the other lad did to go on. The time's passed a little bit. Um, so, Salenzi. That, that's it. Salenzi, yeah. Salenzi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The laddie in. Oh, see, that's it. Yeah. Macaroni. But that, that <laughs> like, they're still capable. Like, they're still, yeah, yeah, still capable. They just don't strike. The laddie does nothing. You know, and nearly gets caught at the tournament. Like, <laughs> that's the type of player he is. Like, he's, he's in Zaggy. Like, literally, if he couldn't score goals, he'd be rolling out bleeding dolls in a, in a, some bleeding <laughs> Fortunata somewhere in the middle yeah. of the round. Like, that, that's all he does. Like, he yeah. Whereas, just scores goals. Whereas Lukaku's a bit, a bit more involved, a bit more developed. I uh, think like, he's really. Italy's done in the world of good going to Italy. I think I've actually done his game in the world of good as well. Okay. Lukaku looked like he couldn't trap a bowling ball at United. Like, couldn't trap a bleeding ball, ball, bag of cement. But he's really surprised me. 
Like, well, something there, Sean, while you're talking about it, and it's, it goes back to my point about the quality in this. Chris is right, you know, Immobile is not the, the, the best striker, maybe. He's good for the system that he had there, but is Lukaku but, the... I'm looking at the team sort of that went through. Is he the only good sort of informed striker that's in the knockout stages? Or is there anyone else yeah, really? Schick has been good, hasn't he? Patrick Schick. Schick has been yeah, good. Schick. He has been Four good. Yeah. He's been really good. And Yaman Sabrinovic as well has he, been. And he's banging yeah. goals in Benfica. Like, yeah, like, Sabrinovic is always there or thereabouts, isn't he? He's 20 or 40 like, goals a season in, in Portugal. The goal a doesn't move. Doesn't matter what competition you're playing. The goal is out. Doesn't move. Do you get me? So the goals are the same size. Scoring yeah. goals is a habit. So here's That's, my take on on why I'm I'm sort of in Keats camp on this, right? Um, and this comes back to normally in a tournament, there's a fella who stands out and just blows the world apart in in terms of the tournament, right? And there isn't there hasn't been one on this. We've had we've we've had flashes of individual brilliance. You've had Pogba's wonder goal last night, and then you've got um his his dance, and that that dance alone fires Switzerland up. Without without yeah. that dance, Switzerland don't bother their bollocks cutting back into that game, right? If he just if he if he goes workman like, takes the yeah, ball picks back, the ball up and goes back with it, and goes back. That's like Switzerland. It's like it's like Graham Sooners has walked in the room. It is, yeah. but think about these moments. These no, moments in sports change. That's what a killer does. Yeah. A they, does. They, they change. Events. You think about what happened in Istanbul, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll bring it back to a Liverpool euphemism. But they know they can hear them celebrating in the dressing room beside them. They can they can oh, see them looking to and his hair is drenched. The fellas are having a shower. I think he's covered <laughs> in bleeding and party oh, man, Armani after shave. I think he's just yeah. making up the trousers. It's, it's it's those moments, and like we're talking about, Pogba is trying to light it up and be the best player of the tournament, and, and and potentially had an option to do it, but by by that single action, he. Uh, I'm not saying he cha- he doesn't force Switzerland to score goals against them, but he's at fault for one of the goals as well. So then I look around the teams that are left. Like Sterling has has a shout to be player of the tournament because he's been electric for England. Of all the well, players, I think he's been terrible, but he's got the goals. What's the thing? I mean, if, if if you look at, I mean, keeps in the WhatsApp group. I mean, he gets absolute pelts of Sterling. But my argument always is, but he's always there when you need him in the crucial moments. Unlike, mm-hmm. to be fair. Harry Kane, I mean, all the, all the papers around here now and all the online stuff now is Harry Kane's got his goal, Harry Kane's got his goal. You're going, yeah, but Sterling and Grealish and Saka were the yeah, key. Well, England's that's still what, best in this tournament have been John Pickford and Luke Shaw. Yeah. yeah I, I, I'm looking at saying, going back to your Lukaku show, the fella who's turned up and delivered and done the business has been Lukaku. Like he's he's come yeah. in as the, as, as, as the goal scorer, the, the, the big time goal scorer to score in those moments. You look at Spain, I don't see... I see a lot of players who have played well in 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 individual spaces in games, and not one player to to take that team by the balls. I would I think Thiago in that team alongside Busquets could have lit this tournament up the way the span the amount of possession the Spanish have right in, in terms of what he could do. But of course, Enrique is is too intelligent and and doesn't play him right. You've got he could have saved him half, he could have saved him half an hour extra time if, if he just uh, put yeah. Thiago for the last fifteen because what we saw in the last ten games for Liverpool. 15 minutes ago, if you've got a lead, Thiago's a nightmare because he, he doesn't let you get the ball back. And that's no, what Spain kept, yeah. kept giving it away. You know, if any game he was at, he comes on with 20 minutes to go and Spain literally go from second to sixth gear straight away. So, yeah. Like, this is the part, like, Enrique is the anti Selke at the same Selke says all the things that the fucking the, the press want to hear. The, yeah. Lads, you would not believe 
the the stuff that Enrique is coming out with over here. It's mental. Like after the first game, they turned around, said to him, they said to him, like he never gives away his teams. He goes, well, I'll tell you who's going to play the next game. Morata and ten other players. And he's like, but like a bottle of cava that's waiting to be opened, and when it does, nobody be able to stop us. And everyone, like the fella's gone through a bit off the pitch in the last couple of years, yeah. and I think he's he gets a bit of a pass because of that. But he's come out with an apparent amount of shit. Like <laughs> the reason why he left Ramos out because he wanted to be all about him. You know what yeah. I mean? And someone big like Ramos. Put the need though. Yeah, but, but there's again, no leaders in the Spain team. No. The, no, beauty, the beauty of this tournament for me, though, goes back to when you look at these games, the teams are flawed and it's because yeah. the managers are flawed and the flaws allows entertainment to happen. Yeah, Football exactly. is a game that's dominated by mistakes. There's a reason why Manchester City and Liverpool were so brilliant for those two seasons because they killed other teams' weaknesses and mistakes over and over and over again. Real Madrid did it in Europe for the three years. In the Ronaldo trial. and Messi, they were on a weekly, you know what I mean? They look Messi exploits mistakes. Suarez... He creates a pinball in front of him and is always the one that comes up with the ball and scores goals. This is what the best players do. And then I look at this tournament and there's so many players. We don't have, like, you're waiting for the... Yeah, you're waiting for the Brian to light up the tournament because he's the one player I'm looking at to say, right, you're in the quarterfinals now. People always remember from the quarterfinals on in tournaments because it's the big player makes that moment happen. Zidane, Zidane always started a tournament quiet and always yeah. came into his own in the last game and then in the knockout stages, he, he just exploded. Boom, 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 wound up, wound up. And Messi's biggest problem has been when he's got into the knockout stages in, in major tournaments. Messi goes the opposite way. He goes the opposite way, exactly. Yeah. Which, is, which is strange because I don't know whether it's, it's, it's a mental tiredness or what goes on or that constant leading the team or whatever it is. Other players, like even Ronaldo and, and Cristiano Ronaldo, found his way through tournaments that he gets out of the knockout stages and then the clutch moments are there and that's when they turn up and deliver over and over again. And like you look at, that's Piliqueta. What a goal to score for. Like, but what a, like, I, that fella is a leader. I look at him and you see him at Chelsea and you see what he's done over and I over since. He's, but he's a leader. And mm. these teams, the teams that have leaders, and I still look at the English team and say, who is the leader? Like, he's on the I, bench. I th- that's that's that that's my biggest concern for this England team because so far everything the key point is they haven't conceded, right? They haven't been in an awkward position. There hasn't been a question asked of them. They couldn't as get the, the first ten minutes today, and literally what happened was the three boys in the middle of our Germany were out on their feet after a half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and that like that's just uh, not ripping it away from England because they managed the game. This is yeah. one thing that England team does very well. That game management is superb. That yeah. game management is superb. Now they've relied heavily on on Pickford, who had a really good tournament. But that but game he hasn't been overly tested, has he? But, when he, but that's that's the team. He's done, he's done the basic track, which to be fair, his, yeah, has always been the criticism. always been his, the criticism. His criticism is concentration. Yeah, and I think the what separates the elite from the good goalkeepers is concentration. It's mm. not having to do anything for eighty five minutes and then being forced to make a stop. And then yeah. making that stop. So that's what he's done. He will let them down because he does, he has a rick on him maybe. Whereas this Donnarumma fella, it's only 20, I, don't, I don't get him. He's 22 years of age and the fella looks like he's about three stone all the way. Yeah. And he looks like, I'd say he wouldn't even have to train. He just type of, just shows up the arrogance of him for, yeah. for a young fella. And that's, that's the difference. Like yeah. big players because, like that with. 
Italy have leaders all over that. Like Insigne is a little fucking yeah, ball. He's a leader. Terrible. He's a ter- he leads for Napoli. Like he carries the, the, the way they are with the fans. He carries that. You have Benucci there. You have Chiellini there. You have Verratti, who's another pit bull. Like in the crunch time, this is where they come up. I still think England might be a little bit green behind the years. Like that a little bit. Royce Phillips. They will be exposed by elite that, players. And this what, is where Southgate has a decision to make now. Like, well, if Henderson's not fit now, mm. it shouldn't have been brought because yeah. in and out training, getting minutes. Henderson he, has to play next game for England because if, this is if, where if he's big fit, it's, If he's fit, for me, it should be Henderson and Phillips. To me, Rice mm. has actually been pretty piss poor by his standards. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But the big challenge for England, and people laugh, is. This this is going to be the first game they play now, not at Wembley. So they've actually got to get used to, which they haven't had to get used to for, is they've got to travel and they've got to play in Rome. So it's going to be hot. And England, historically, in hot weather, struggle and well, suffer. London is not fucking... London is warm enough as well. Yeah, but compared to... Compared to yeah, but we'll see it's Ukraine. So again, that's going to be a tactic for England. Are they going to do the sit back or are they going to go back to the back four? And what's he, push it more? he has to take the game to Ukraine now. Yeah. So what's he going to do? That's very. That's not very Southgate, is it? I mean, yeah. the logic would say you play a back four, you stick Grealish one side, Sterling the other, Kane through the middle, and then play a midfield three of probably Rice. Sorry, not Rice. Henderson, uh, Henderson Mount, and um, Phillips because Phillips is more progressive, and then full back wise, um, I would have started Trippier because he's probably more attacking than Walker, but it looks like he's pinged his hamstring, so it'll probably be uh, Walker, and then Shaw left back because Chill was just. Not on the but side the, at all. The, like the knives are out. I said, like as soon as Southgate doesn't win this, the knives gets, are out. Oh he yeah, gets, he gets the Spurs job. He's a Spurs job, yeah, by default. Yeah. Nah, yeah. he stays there in that cushy, cushy laden of boredom and that at the. Um, Roberto Martinez or Gareth Southgate is the next Spurs manager. Whoever gets knocked out first yeah. gets the, gets gets dro- driven. But, do you know what? Them, them boys have sussed it out and you touched on it about the level of managers. They've cushy numbers there and why would you go to club management? Like, for example, in all seriousness, if Gareth Southgate in his club career has been terrible hmm. and international management has suited him because he's a, he's a company man, isn't he? He's a, like he's a, a jobber there for the FA. If he goes to Spurs and they're under pressure and he's gone, do you know what I mean? So he's looking at this and saying some managers are suited to club football and and some are suited to international. And suited to international is a bit of a, a damning with fame praise, isn't it? Because it's, you know, it just means that you're maybe there, not there, as mentally strong a, for the club, the yeah. day-to-day stuff. But then there's the flip side, there is a skill to being able to get your team, team set up, get right, but you only see them once every three months. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a, it's kind of getting the balance right because you've got to be, you can't really do like the... Um, Mourinho thing where you like you know piss everyone off and throw them all at the bus. You've got to kind of carrot and stick a little bit. He's also quite lucky Southgate. Well, lucky's not the right word. Is he does have options? Whereas probably a few years ago England was like we have our main eleven, and then we had like Jermaine Genus and other lads on the bench. You kind of go we're on the bench, but we're never going to fucking use them. And if we yeah. do, we're fucking struggling then because we haven't got anywhere else. Whereas at least now we're going. You know, debate now is Sancho still has never tomorrow, played yet for England, which is like. Tomorrow. Tomorrow will be gas because they'll be in overdrive. The media will oh. be in overdrive. But that's where it's in world emotion and it's coming home on all day. Fucking exactly. the deal and Skinner are going to make some money on blading royalties. I'd say they're rubbing their hand. They don't care yeah, what yeah. happens now for no. as long as it goes on. That, that's where I'm a bit like um, ambivalent with England. I have been for years. It's like if they win, great. I'm generally like, yeah, great they won. 
Uh, but they don't win. It, it doesn't ruin, it doesn't ruin my day. I kind of go, oh, well, maybe next time. And that's kind of how I've, I've been with that. Everything, but it is the little Englander section that you have. Unfortunately, they're quite a vocal minority and they're really irritating. <sighs> and you know what? Yeah. The match story that seems to know exactly where they're all sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just home in on them. All, all <laughs> the time. Again, and it's, so hard. Hard. it's so hard. You just have to look for all the fisherman hats and then you just zoom <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. But, but you so, I mean, social media is a horrible place anyway, but it, we've just beaten Germany, which is a side we've only beaten. That's only the second time we've beaten them since, 19, since 1966. We've beaten once in 2000 when we were both crap. And this time, so, it, you know, beating a bogey side is always a good thing. But it's literally some of the vilification, vile stuff you see in the social media. Thinking, well, this is why I have an age. You know, this is why people go, I can't be asked. I don't want to be associated with this. You know, vile things people are putting up. You're like, going, what's the point? Sean well, touched on it. Enjoy the win. Enjoy the win. Enjoy the win. It's not just us. There is a minority. Like like I said, I don't really have any bound with the, mm-hmm. the England team. It is a minority. Like the, the same like you think about fella who's part Doncaster Rovers. Yeah. Can't believe this is it, his look. time to shine. This yeah. is his yeah, this yeah. is his moment. He's like, going out. And that's just that's that's you know tribalism in football. But like if you think it's just us who vilify the English. Now Ash has have a question, and I'm being deadly serious here, right? In people in the chat or anyone who might comment afterwards, and you might not like it. Why is it that every single international tournament or even any away games in Europe, England go away, the fans get battered. They get battered wherever they go. They got battered in Poland. They got battered in France. The, the Russians told them, we're actually going to come looking for you and we're going to batter you. And that's what happens. Because that's, Rep- reputation that's the reputation apology. you have. Look at the fucking idiot Chelsea fans at the Champions League final. Don't on like they can do whatever they fucking want. City fans oh, as well. You're you're taking you're it's a big mix, a big pool of all of them putting together. What do you expect's gonna happen? I'm sure there's a, a, there's fucking plenty of decent match going England fans. Well, yeah, but, John, it's I, a small yeah. minority. And I don't buy that. I don't, I don't buy it. And, and the thing for me, and, I, and I've said it out loud, and I was called anti-English, and I thought, hate the Brits and all that type of stuff, and it's we true. We have to mute you, do we? No, no, you don't. don't. It's, no, it's true, because it's... it's, well, it's but I, I don't see that as a small minority. I've been in stadiums with England fans, and it's the majority. And people don't... No, it's, it's, no, not, it's, it's not fair. It is, John, it, it not, is, because you can't, you can't continually have this as an issue at specific games in a specific place over 35 years. And I've been there in those crowds and I've seen the difference. We can go away. We can go with the Sc- away with the Scottish. We can go away with the Welsh. Oh. Jesus, we can go away with the Northern Irish. Well, hey, and you know what? Yeah, the trouble well, was going on. It was great for the Champions League final. And there was Liverpool and there was sports fans. John, and so cordial. Everybody mixing. The day after that's, the game. Seeing, that, but that's, didn't that's, see an ounce of trouble. That's, so, a different, that's a different set of fans because Liverpool fans pride themselves. And the Scouse-based fans, think about it. The majority they travel so well openly out there to say or scouts were not English right they openly say that they don't travel to the England games there isn't a big Liverpool fan brigade that goes along to the England matches and like you know for, in my and, and I'm like it's not that I want to tire English people in terms of words but the well, English like, the English you are telling lawyers you'd be anti-English but it's actually yeah. there to say like the match going fans, I think, are a certain um, demographic type. of fans and a certain yeah. type. And look, that's not damning any 
good England fans that are that are in the chat or that go like fans are fans, but you can get swept up in a wave and you see like middle-aged men that look like they have good jobs and they're singing about, you know, 10 German bombers and all this stuff and no surrender to the URA and all that sort of stuff. And it's a crowd mob mentality maybe that you can get swept up in, you know. But you know, these things they the, the um they've tried they've tried to sing they tried to sing it is this why Scouse football fans don't associate themselves with England? Is that why? Uh, I wouldn't know, mate. I'm not, um, I, I, that's what I get. As a Liverpool fan, as a fan. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's the thing. Is also, it's also probably culturally how Liverpool fans feel they've been treated by the, the media, the establishment. The street, yeah. So there's a, bit, there's a bit of an anti thing. That obviously, there is the, the whole Tory thing, but. I would also say, and this is probably not going to make me popular, is the Scouts not singling thing, that, look, each to their own, that's fine. But there is also the vilification of, oh, you're an England fan. And it's, it is like, oh, you're a Tory, you're a knobhead, you're this, you're yeah. that. And I'm also like, you can be a Liverpool fan and an England fan if you want to be. And if you do, you do. And I don't, but I've seen a lot on round going at the moment where it feels like people are getting vilified for being an England fan. And I'm a bit like, well, you can be if you want to be. I mean, I'm quite. I'm not arse of England either way. They win, they win, they won't, you know. Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, you know, Phil says, you know, the people who've seen in the stadium, you know, it's still a minority compared to what the whole of England fans are because not every majority of England aren't knobheads like that. But if you want to go back to it, the FA, you know, they're all they're all Wembley club ticket holders because you have to be part of this Wembley club to go to England games. Not You're telling me you can't find out who the lads who are singing... Yeah, the stupid IRA songs, the yeah. the World War Two songs. Could you find them? You could. Why don't they? They probably make them a lot of money. But yeah. you know, that's and that, that's where it's the balancing act. Um, you know, and the, the but the media don't help it. And we know the type of media we're talking about aim at that demographic and whip them up because they know it'll work and it sells papers, and that's kind of where it is. So my thing with England's always been they they've always sort of I kind of went, shot themselves in the foot. Always, well, you've always looked at who you've brought in or what they've got, and you looked at them going, Yeah, but what we've got, that's not going to work. Um, but there's also the thing of a little bit getting above yourselves with England, like, Oh, we've got all these players, we're going to win it. And I think it pisses people off. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why people point and laugh when it doesn't work out. Like, yeah. Look, England are probably the only international team who aren't allowed to be optimistic because they all get tied with the same brush then that. The delusion and all this, but that, that should be like a bar in the manager. And I'm going to give them praise, bar in the manager. Like, that's an unbelievable squad of players. Like, mm. let's be honest, I, it really is. Like, I think that's where the frustration is because with the amount of attacking quality, people, I think fans were thinking it would be nice if we were a bit more yeah. attacking good hope. But at the same time, they, you, I'm a bit like, if a manager who's inoffensive, they have. Mm. But again, it's I'm watching that match today and you see the carry on in the crowd and you're like going, these are fucking macro mundus. And look, I'll say the same for Rangers fans. Like you've seen the more that after they won the title. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just they're all killing each other. Like I I need to be educated in this because I can't really say too much more about it, but I just want to know. Where do you dare going to a football match and looking for a scrap came from? Yeah. Like, it that doesn't goes- make sense. It's completely alien to me. It's okay. completely alien. Like, I watch documentaries about how 
where fashion came from, like Lacoste and all of them, mm. Sergio Tacchini, why they're famous in England. Because the Liverpool fans who went away on away trips Whipping all came back with all this designer gear and this became part of the culture. So yeah. Liverpool TV did that when it was um, there's what the rivalry in Liverpool and Man United and they're both saying like yeah. how they used to uh, interact going, what's he wearing, what's that? And that's kind of how that changed how, how well, people dress Look how well the United, how well the United fans <laughs> Yeah. But, all but over Europe. Now never any issue. Can I just jump in because it's, it's, it's very rare that's something that I have done in my life um, comes in on, on a very practical you a hooligan, you? No, I wrote a thesis on um, ah. is there a culture of hooliganism in Irish football, right? So it was back, back when I was there doing is. a degree, degree in sociology uh, in, in, in university. This got way back. This is 1994 when the rest of you weren't even born, right? But I was, I was, uh, I was, I was 19, 1998. <laughs> sorry, 1998. <laughs> I, I, wrote, I, I did my thesis in 98 and I did this. And it's very interesting getting into the history of hooliganism because part of it was just research on hooliganism and where, where it stems from and the, and the tribalistic legend that, that grows up between clubs. And it does originate be, before football because if you think that the basics, the, the, the fundamental basics of football was very much village against village and before there was goals and stuff, they used to have ball games where about 50 pokes out of the two villages would run after the ball and who'd run to the one end of the top end of the village and who'd run to the bottom end of the village and that would be it, right? Like we've had bows and, and shamrock rovers going on for years in, in, in Irish football. We've Can't had games, we had games abandoned between Pats and Waterford in the 80s that made the television over here. So it, it does happen in Ireland. But at an international level, there has been this tradition of hooliganism that's floated around Europe. And, and tra- the, the Heysel is a tragic event, right? But there was there's more to Heysel than, than just a set of fans doing it because there was, there was trouble in Europe, across, right away across Europe, with fans going to start with fans. This has gone on, on, on decades. But we get to where we are today, and football has changed, and fan shit, fandom has changed, and you still have legacy fans. And I hate using this because this is what was used. In, it is, but but the, the mentality of... England supporters, and I'm not talking about football club supporters, I'm talking about the English football team supporters, is still that legacy mentality of going and trying to set up your patch and you know and, and fighting your patch as you go to a foreign thing and showing that you're as, as a group of fans, you you're you can you're beating the, 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 the country that you're there in, right? But then you look at the newer age fans, these these smaller countries that have had success and have used these tournaments as a time to embrace other nations enjoy the 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 community spirit that's there and, and 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 it's really been embraced more or less since maybe 1990 when we look at Italia 90 and then you have it through the Euros and then the fan zones that came around in the World Cup in 2006 and it's been adopted and then used in the Champions League football games and recently when you think about Sean going back to your point that Madrid is probably the the at this moment on the peak of fandom where you have just this the, this descending red army on Madrid where there's very little trouble and when I say very little trouble it's basically pockets of of, of stupid fools who are who are drunk there isn't Gunk. a a there isn't a you know running battles or, yeah. or, or fans yeah, not it's not to do with no. football it's just so- so when we look stupid. when yeah. we look at the noise and the pageantry of the Dutch fans, of the Danish fans, the Danish, of Scottish. the Irish fans, of the Scottish fans when they travel that's about embracing a tournament for not just about wanting to win the tournament, but by wanting to enjoy and live the moment that's there. And it doesn't have this legacy sitting back in the 80s where you went as part of your club and to go there and you're going to set up your corner and, and do it. And it happened in Germany for a while, but that stopped. You look at the German fans are some of the most welcoming fans you can have. And you, I, I've knocked so much fun with German fans over the years in terms of the games that are going to be in Ireland and in, in, in Germany. 
and you look at the the French have a have a strange way. The Italians don't know normally turn up until the knockout stages, and, and that's that is, true. But the, the, that is like like they have look, not to make have, it an anti-English thing. Like yeah. you look at Italy, you have the the Napoli fans, the Lazio yeah. fans, and the Roma fans, and you only had to look at what happened outside Anfield with yeah. the Roma John, fans. That, that, that walk around the city centre with golf clubs. Like, Correct, but and, that doesn't come true at, at the international level. This is my point. In, that, in, Roma, Lazio, that, it's the whole fascist thing. I know we don't want to get into politics, but that's that still no, no, lives I, I, on in the likes po- of Roma and Lazio. But my point like, is so, that that doesn't come true at the international level, right? It's very bespoke. The English thing continues at the international level, and like in reality, the t- the, the most violence that they seem to have at these games is when they go to the Eastern European countries who still seem to have a similar type of mentality in the fan sets. Like, you talk about the Russians waiting for them and telling them they're going to yeah. do this to them, right? You talk, if they were out to Hungary, I'd imagine there'd be Serbia, killings in Hungary, Serbia, places. where you well, have no, this battle hard. Polish fans. lads, and they go home to punch the head off each other, and then literally yeah. they'd be in the canteen having coffee with each other, and like your team, my team, but they come in and they punch the head off each other. But when the Euros was in Poland, there was none of that. Yeah. It, it yeah. was so... There's the partisan element with the family side, the spirit of the game that still exists. I just don't understand how it's still like I always attribute it happening. I didn't realize it was going on that long in Ireland. Phil, I just thought I was allowed a muppet to watch Green Street, had it on DVD, it's and just showed up. Walking around wearing stone. I was, I was at a match abandoned in Richmond Park. Yeah, yeah. I was at a match abandoned in Richmond Park in '85, I think it was, between Waterford United and Pats, and there was a running battle between the Waterford United, about seven Waterford United fans who turned over it, and about eleven Pats fans. The police were on the pitch and everything, and that was like as a kid, that always stuck in my head. And I remember my dad grabbed me and bringing me out. Now, but me, my dad end up in the the abandoned match in Lansdowne Road as well. So you can see a pattern starting to emerge here, right? But like, it's a, I'm probably the wrong person. Just don't go to a match with me. But <laughs> when when I look at this tournament, part of the reason why this has been joyous is, is again, the teams are flawed. But the fans that are being let back in and the games where they're hosting these big matches, the fans that are there, the Danish fans, the noise, the passion. Enjoying it's, it. it's the right way. It's it's that, that it's just bringing that tournament alive. It's bringing back those memories of the Germany tournament. That, that, that Germany 2006, the tournament was pretty shit in the knockout stages, but was great in the, in, in the group stages. If you could... So I'm hoping... That this thing doesn't die out now in the quarterfinals because the, the, generally the, the closer you get to the final, we've seen since 1990 probably, the worse the game start to get, right? Unless you get a mad game. And I think one of the key bits in these matches have been that teams have scored early in these knockout phases, which has forced teams out of just haven't been able to sit back and say, well, we'll try to play and nick one towards the end. Once a team scores early, and it's great when the underdog scores early because that means that the big team has to come out. You look at Switzerland. Switzerland score early. That forced France, right? That forced France. The disallowed, the, the, the penalty save gives France an immersive kick up the arse. And they look like a team for 20 minutes. And then they, then they then they fall on their own sword. You look at Spain. Spain's the head exploded on Spain against the Croatians. Like they just went mm-hmm. and they were they were so yapsed to get that game because they could have easy that could have easy ended oh, up. I was, get, I was getting Cardius fives off the goalkeeper. I was thinking oh. they need to throw him a set of yeah. armbands because he was <laughs> and he, he redeemed himself because he had an excellent second half and excellent. Yeah. I, I, I did I did say to you, Sean, I, t- I think his mentality, when you look at that, it, it, it doesn't affect him. 
It doesn't go. Yeah. Like the one thing, the one thing I'd be worried as an England fan is Pickford's mentality goes when he makes a mistake. That game's a write yeah. off. It's like watching Mignolet when Mignolet used to make. If Mignolet made a mistake in minute five, he was going to let in three or four goals that day, and that's the vibe you always get off Pickford, and that's what he does. Um, the different, the difference in Pickford at the moment has been his um, his mannerism. Because uh, he used to have the Joe Hart's about him, I always thought. Where you, you'd see him before a game, he would jump up and down, and and screaming, bang, banging his heads and all that. You know, he's thinking like, you know, look like something off me machine. You're going, what? Well, you know, he needs to chill out. Whereas fair, he's a lot calmer. So, maybe the story is that he's right here now as well. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll the talk is he has been seeing a, a psychologist about calming down and focusing. So, give him credit. He's actually addressed something that everyone's mocked him for, hmm. in fairness to him. So yeah. you know, and in fairness, he's relatively young, when, isn't he? when, when he's calm, when he's calm and he's concentrated, and he, you know, he's he's a decent enough goalkeeper. You know, I agree with Keith though. I mean, the saves he's made, are saves I would expect him to make. I haven't seen him make a save yet where I've gone, Jesus Christ, that was unbelievable. You know, there are saves you you'd expect him to make. So he's twenty seven, Sean. So he's That's, still young. In terms for of a goalkeeper, mm. he's, he's got a lot of learning. Like he's still That's changed them. It's changing. It is. See, yeah, see, see what Rafa does for. Yeah, but oh, lads, look, Stellum. Who brought up the R word? Who <laughs> brought up the R word? I love the way they just snuck that in there as well tonight yeah. during the England game. Oh, said, boy, the way. It out, it's, it's, it's announced tomorrow the three year deal. Fuck oh, no, that went yeah. down well. Is Duncan is, getting. Is it done? Is it done? Yeah. Oh, yes. Dominic King said it's uh, getting announced tomorrow, uh, three year deal. So, oh, yeah. so those lads to put the banner out his out his house. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't out his house. He got his house wrong. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be made up. <laughs> so, so, so yes, they put a banner outside a house saying we know where you live. It wasn't even his house. The, I mean, the port, no, if you look at like he doesn't hide where he lives. Let's be honest, about lads. The Euros, like if I ever seen something with the potential to be cataclysmic, <laughs> like mm. it, it's that. Like I do, I do wonder. Um, this is uh, th- this will come across as me being bitter, but enough mind. I always hear the, the last couple of months, oh, they never got us, they never got Everton, they never got us, they don't, they don't understand us. But maybe what they need is someone who doesn't get you, they want someone who's completely opposite of what you think Everton is because whatever you think it is hasn't worked. So maybe yeah. he's the well, Rafa is devoid of emotion, and it's what Gerard yeah. didn't want to with him. You know, he, he takes the emotion out of it and it, he'll just focus know, on it winning games for Everton. That's why I'm that's why surprised so many Liverpool fans are surprised he's gone there. Because they're all like, yeah, why has he gone yeah. there? He'll tarnish his legacy. You're like, did you not remember Rafa? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's ruthlessly yeah. focused. He just goes, yeah. I want a job in England. What are the options? I've got Tottenham, but they might be losing the best striker. Or I go to Everton, who've got a bit of money, an, o- an okay squad for me to work with, and it's around the corner from where I live, so I can actually spend some time with kids because I haven't seen my kids properly in four years. I'll go with that. You know, the... that's how he is. You know, I don't know why people are surprised. Well, the, you were saying that. Like he's putting a lot, he's putting a lot of his livelihood at risk because yeah. it's been documented since the day he, he left Liverpool how much he loves the city and yeah, his daughter's still yeah. like thought, went there and his wife. It's why a big charity worker. If it goes wrong, like how habitable is it for him to stay around Liverpool? Yeah. Now, not that he's going to get battered by a lot of evidence fans, but his whole. The complex of him living in Liverpool is completely different. Now, I, I'm of the idea, I don't think many Liverpool fans give too much of a fuck that no. Benitez is gone. Because if I'm being honest, I think his days as a manager, a, a meaningful manager, I don't. I think he's spent. But like, 
I was just he's put himself in a in a tricky situation there. It's, and I'm surprised Everton pulled the trigger on it after well, the the fallout. Like it meant I'm, it's mental. I'm not. It does surprise me. I think they decided to try something different. Um whether it works is another matter, but do you know what? He might be what they need. The football won't be entertaining, but do you know what? He'll probably, I think stuff behind the scenes is what he's there for. I think he's there to get them organised better behind the scenes. That's that talk is, that's the issue. Because if things were as perfect as they would like to think they are, you wouldn't be bringing Rafa Benitez in. Yeah. Phil, you look like you want to jump in there. He just looks <laughs> crazed. I'm delighted. I think it's great. I think no matter what happens, like... I, uh, Sean's point is right. The fo- football has passed. Rafa passed. Um, you know his 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 time has come and gone. The same way Mourinho's has. Um, and the At absolute the top level, the absolute mayhem this is going to cause in Everton is fantastic. If he could get them relegated, right? Honestly, it would be the best season of all time. And they just need to be r- so bad that they can't catch back up by, cri- by Christmas time, right? Like that's because their only options then would be Sam Allardyce, and they're not going back there again. What's um, fix says like the opening fixes. The opening fixes are quite favourable, I think. Well, then that might be because like if he loses force two or three or four. Yeah. And imagine how imagine how like, bad that's going to be. <laughs> He loses the first one. <laughs> he loses the first game. They'd be bleeding. If they don't win every. Uh, if they don't win every preseason game, they'll be absolutely. Like, yeah, talking worried. about like how bad is it that like, and I'm not just, I'm not picking out small because oh, I was doing a bit of digging and a bit of looking. These were fans who are like talking themselves around to Stephen Gerrard being their manager yeah. and getting excited about it, right? So they were willing to go that far, but. They cannot live with the idea that Rafa Benitez is going to be their manager. So, how how bad can it be that they were literally willing the greatest player to ever play for? Well, in in recent memory, yeah. Gerard, a Liverpool legend, they were willing to have him as a manager at the thought that he might be progressive and might bring them onto like they were warming up to the idea, and now they're stuck oh. with Benitez. Like, uh, I, I think it's great. You know, Look- Steve Bruce has got has has managed to get Newcastle finished in a higher position than Benitez did with Newcastle. And there's people coming on to me. It's childish to suggest that Rafa will 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 try to relegate the F. Oh my God! Cop the fuck it's on! A, like, it's a joke. Do, it's, do it's, you know what I mean? It's 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 like wake it's up. I think Maybe he is. Maybe he is. Maybe Liverpool. As I said last night, I think Mo Shiri is actually just a pen name of John Henry, right? And he's he's basically on the greatest wind-up ever. He's going to do a soonest. He's going to do a yeah. soonest money under the middle of Goodison with a big Liverpool flag and banger in the middle and just straight out the gate. It's going to be like... Uh, Feel like it's, it's going to be like and WWE. The, Halfway through, it, he's going to he's just going to take a chair shot to someone and, take, and just whip off a Liverpool shirt and run off. Yeah. Duncan Ferguson <laughs> chasing him out of the out of the gate with one of Lady Howard Kendall's drivers. <laughs> Howard Kendall seven irons. They're going to reveal that the new Everton Stadium is a joint inflatable that's going to float around in the Albert Dock it is, right? And they can blow it up and take it down in between matches. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's do you know what I would love him to do in his first game, first home game? Just come out and wear a red tie. Nothing else, uh, just don't wear a red tie. That'll fucking flip out of the crowd automatically. Doesn't he have a red hall door and all? You want to paint yeah. that? Say that he's got he's got and carriage doors and everything. And he still <laughs> couldn't find and he still yeah. couldn't find the right gap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's also apparently he's also got a dog and the dog's called Red. <laughs> he's on a hoiding to nothing then, isn't he? He's on a hoiding to nothing. 
that's, well, a lads, real, that, that's a real wind up. Like I can't. Can you imagine? Uh, but it also puts another thing in perspective. You know these Liverpool fans who still say, like every time there's an even a hint of a job going in Liverpool, that we should bring Rafa back. Like yeah. this has to end this once and for oh, all. That's yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like this is that, the end of it. Now, yeah. There's, a lot, yeah. there's, there's sometimes a bit too much sentiment. You know, I, it's very rare will someone you, comes back. Rip him back the flag? What's that? Sorry. Will they whip him oh, off the flag? I've, I've read all this bollocks. You know, take yeah. off the flag. Eh, that's that's end of his no. legacy. I said he's won you a Champions League, and don't forget what he did with. For the Hillsborough families as ah, well. Ah, yeah. yeah. And I, know, and also, I love Rafa. I, I uh, think he's a great right bloke. Doesn't if he'd have gone to Everton straight from us, it'd be a different kettle of fish. Yeah, yeah. He still had a, He still had his... Um, he was still Rafa then, you know what I mean? But it, I just think okay. I agree. It, it's not, it's like Mourinho. I think the, the, not a busted flush, but the days at the very top, I think, are probably gone. Well, um, ask your nice fans. Do your nice fans still love Mark Hughes? They do, don't they? He managed City. They fucking hate City. As Schweichel, yeah. you know, it's it's happened for you know, Arsenal fans still love George Graham. He went to Tottenham, and he, he went to Tottenham when they weren't obviously the Tottenham they aren't, yeah, we did a couple of years ago. Did it's almost Tottenham. like when someone but, obviously paying millions a year in salary that yeah. sentiment goes out the window, yeah. it's almost like that's not a who'd thing. have thought, yeah, who'd have yeah. thought that money, money yeah. talks. Yeah. Well, well, lads, 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 we have to stop on this, we have to stop on this. The euros, the euros, we have to go back to it. Oh, that's more fun. I know it's back to these Euros but listen before we wrap it up because we're an hour and ten minutes in and we could go for another hour talking about Rafa and Everton alone but the quarterfinals are now set right so we've got Belgium and Italy and then Switzerland and Spain on one side of the drop we've got England against Ukraine and the Czech Republic against Denmark We've sort of answered this earlier, but I want each of you to tell me who you think is coming out of um, each side of the draw so who's going to meet in the finals uh, and I want you all to tell me who's impressed you the most in the tournament so far be it a player a team or whatever so Chris I'll start with you who's getting to the final of this tournament based on what you've seen so far and who has impressed you the most let's go with Italy England for a laugh uh, but the ones who impressed me um, Switzerland as a team have impressed me um, you know they always are there thereabouts for such a small nation and I don't mean that disparagingly they're always getting stuff about they're always getting themselves very competitive against sides you would never think they're competitive about and so I've just enjoyed watching Italy and they've been great unlike the basket case that is the Dutch you know yeah. they've actually you know they've actually got a plan Italy uh, I do think Italy probably must go down must be the favourites now to win it because I think they have the best manager and I think they have two ways of playing now they can go very attacking or if they can dog it out and dog it out very well, which is what the Italians do, as long as Chiellini can get back fit. Excellent. Phil, what about you? Who do you see getting to the final and who's been pressing the most? <clears throat> so I think like on, on the Dutch, we didn't talk about them because I think they made a fatal mistake in appointing Frank de Boer. We said it last night. I thought Kaku was the man. In the same way, the one thing that Selke has gone from is that he's, he's, he's more or less coached these, this squad and these players since under 19. So they are known. They all know him inside out, and he he has the respect. Kaku would have um, been a similar name for the Dutch side because he was manager at PSV for so long, through from 2011 through to 2018, and he wins three leagues in a row, and he does well with PSV. I thought that would have been a natural fit, especially because he's out of a job at the moment, and I, I think he would have done better with that Dutch squad and probably picked a better Dutch squad. <laughs> Neither here. Um, semi-finals, there's always going to be a surprise. right? In, in, in the quarterfinals, there's going to be a surprise. So the question is, so where does it come from? Is it Switzerland? Is it the Czech Republic? Or is it is it the Ukraine? I can't see the Ukraine 
looking at them tonight against Sweden, I can't see the Ukraine doing England. No matter how, no matter what we look at, the quality England have is just too strong for that Ukraine side. Right? To be um, fair, we said that when I said that when England played Iceland, and people were really surprised when Roy Hodgson turned up. So you never know. And if it's no, possible, no, I don't because the, there is a massive gap in terms of talent level between the Ukraine and and, and yeah. England. And, and normally in this situation, the only thing that levels it a wee bit is that it's not in, in Wembley, right? Um, that's mm. the only that's the only sort of level. But even at that, you've got enough top level, top quality players to get England through that that quarter final. Um, so that comes back to Denmark and uh, the Czech Republic. I fancy the Danes for that. Everyone fancies the Danes. So that's what I think that's the I think that's the upset. I think the Czech Republic come out of that game. And it sets England up for an easier run into the final. Right? I, I actually I think I think England's name is on in the final. And I I think that's maybe where they fall short, depending on what comes out on the other side. On the other side Italy, Austria, Belgium. Spain. Yeah, I think, oh, Switzerland, yeah. Switzerland, Spain. Spain. I think, I think Switzerland. We haven't mentioned them, but I think Shakiri. If if Switzerland beat Spain, I think there's a shout. And 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 Shakiri plays to the level he's been playing. There's a very big shout that says this fella is getting close to being player of the tournament because he's been electric for Switzerland. He's been adding, very good. He's he's been adding he's been adding euros to his value as this tournament's gone on, and. Um, you know, I, I I just look at that Spanish team and it's the it's it's so flawed. There's so many flaws in it, and they play the worst the worst best centre forward ever, um, all the time. He's like Torres without the goals. Yeah, the Gavin was it is true about the Rabio mother and the, the, the Rabio's mother was battering Rabio's the head off. A head Rabio's mother's a bleeding basket case. Screaming yeah, at Pogba's family, saying that was he was at fault. He shouldn't have been dancing, and it was his fault that they they conceded the goal, and then giving out stink to Mbappe's family, saying he's too arrogant and shouldn't have taken that last penalty. Mentors, um. So Very yes, French, carry on. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I don't know, lads. I think the Italy thing is too set up for them to get to the final. There's too much talking about it's their tournament, and I think Belgium do them. I think this. I think that that weakness in attack shows up more against this Belgium side, which have a decent defence than if they were playing, say, Spain or Switzerland. There, and I do just we have, think, do we have a decent defence? Even experienced defence, and I think yeah. Italy maybe don't have the electric attack that'll do them. You know, so maybe it plays in. Even the likes of you they've know, got an extra, they've got an extra goalkeeper. Yeah, Courtois has been excellent. To be fair. Yeah. They have got an extra goalkeeper, and he's been unbelievable in the league this year. Unbelievable, like different levels. I'm going Belgium, Switzerland, semi final, Czech Republic, England, semi final, and final. Final, it's I did ask for your finalist, and you've given me a semi final. He's gonna say Switzerland, Czech Republic, he can see he wants to. No, it's 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 Belgium, England, semi Belgium, England, final. It's the only way England win the Euros If, if Italy turns up in the final. Um, no, sorry. If Italy turns up with the final, England definitely win it because it's in Wembley, and and the Italians can't play football in England. It's 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 a well known thing. So, Belgium, England is more or less an FA Cup final. Roberto Martinez's Wigan versus Gareth Southgate's yeah. Middlesbrough. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, there's, there's your Euro 2020. So stick that up your point, Johnny. It's our best tournament ever. I think did I describe Belgium as the Leicester of uh, international football? So that would actually fit in, wouldn't it? If it's an FA Cup final. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And Phil, who's impressed you the most? Player, team, whatever, in this tournament? Player, team. I think we lost probably the most enjoyable player to watch. Um, and that was Genie Wijnaldum. Because the amount of talk about Wijnaldum in this tournament has been off the charts. And I just think it's because he's left. But in reality, I think, I don't know. I think it's been more, again, I think it's a narrative around the Danish team. 
that to, to come back again and fight against against the odds because I'm telling you it's 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 against the odds story to get to where they are today in terms of what what's going on, um, and it's a collective as opposed to one player. As I said, I'm, I'm still waiting for this. I'm waiting for the breakout standout player, and we've only seen the the, the, the last sixteen. The quarterfinals defines it. The quarterfinals defines if one player goes on and blows this tournament. Yeah. Score. Who's the Zidane? Who's the Zidane yeah. in this tournament that steps in when it matters? KDB, right? I think. Well, Sean, I was going to come to you. So, who do you see getting to the final? Who comes through for you? Um, Italy be Belgium. Mancini's a better manager. They'll beat them. Mm. I can see Austria beating Spain. Spain, okay. I'm mad. Switzerland. Sp- oh, Switzerland. I keep saying, sorry. Sw- I can Sorry. see Switzerland. I can see Switzerland beating Spain because Spain are just mad. Spain are not mad. So, like, they, they didn't look like scoring for the first two games. You get 10 goals in the last two games. Yeah. So I can see them beating them, though. Um, I can see Switzerland beating them. Uh, who else you have? Czechs, Danes, fancy Denmark. I think Denmark are born and bright at the moment. And I think England will beat Ukraine. I just can't see... I can't see an Iceland moment there for England. I just can't see... Ah, uh, you never say never. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> too strong. I think on the bench they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you would think so, wouldn't you? And we yeah. haven't got Joe Art in goal, which is always a bit of a winner. Yeah, and Chef Chef Shevchenko, like I honestly thought he evaporated. Like Thanos snapped him out yeah. in Istanbul. Like I seen him there celebrating tonight, and I was like, "He's not the East, though, is he?" No, he looks. Yeah, he looks to say, "Looks which is really annoying. Question. Um, um, De- quick question, Demo, because you'll know Sean. Is Simon Kier, is, it, is he is he fit? Because I know he I went think, off, didn't he? I think he will be fit. Because he's the talisman. He he's the, yeah. he's the he's been the key for them, him and Schmeichel, but him especially has really gone up a level. The standout yeah. for me has been your man, Spinazzola. Like pff, what a player. Like you talk about Fields Gold. It's hardly Fields Gold of every single team now in Europe wants him. Like He's been excellent. I know we said it the other day, like number 10s are dying in football. You don't see any t- your traditional number 10 anymore. Yeah. But these creative fullbacks, they seem to be popping up all over the place. And look, we've seen Figo running games from the wing. Like Zidane played left mid for Madrid in the Galactico area and ran games. But we're actually seeing fullbacks now. Like Spinazzola is the furthest man forward for that Italy team most of the time on that left-hand side. And he's just been, he's been unbelievable to watch. Another one who has been really good is that Damsgaard kid. Like, pure Andre Arsh having vibes off him. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> lifting it up. Like, and he comes in for Ericsson, which is the, the, the interesting part. It, Italy win this tournament. Italy win it. But I know Phil says about playing it. They can turn up. If there's a group, there's a nation of fuckers who don't give a bollocks what's going on in the crowd. It's this Italy team full of it's little arrogant bastards, little arrogant pigs. It's not even about that. They just they go to England and they just they turn into wallflowers. That's what happened it's, last game. It's a final. I just like they have too much quality. Like that's what I think. Yeah, I, my, I have the same opinion. I think Italy, England get to the final and I think it's a stinker and I think Italy come out on the 
the the right side of that. Um, but I think England have done well, and I think they will do well. I think they'll beat Ukraine. I think they'll have enough for Denmark or for because I think injuries are going to catch up on these other teams, and I think England's squad reserves. Are just so high quality. The squad Probably. is so such high quality. Apart from the they can, well, the centre backs, but you know, if they keep their relatively fit, mm. they can bring in they've enough attacking players, I think, to change things. And I think England will come through that side and Italy. Um again, Johnny's a great shout there for Spinazzola. He's been brilliant. Him and uh, Mayla as well off Denmark, you yeah. know, fullbacks, attacking fullbacks playing on on their their wrong side and still impacting the game. You know, it's it's great to see. But for me, the best player, the Italian midfield, I think have been excellent in this tournament. I think um Giorgino, Giorgino. I think um Barella has been brilliant. And I think even like then Verratti comes in and looks good. You know, I think they have a lot of quality in that midfield. And I think that's where they could win the game against England if it does go to a final like that. I think it's where they can beat Belgium as well. I think that they're such a good control team, but not ultra defensive. You know, they like to get forward. So yeah, for me, it, Italy to win the tournament and the, the unsung heroes of the Italy squad maybe have been the standout players as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. If Italy win this, Federico Chiesa has to become this generation's Paolo Rossi. Doesn't get a look in at the group stages and breaks out in the knockout phases. That's the way this has to go. See, that's the thing, isn't it? Because I think Berardi has done okay. I think Berardi's done good on the wing for them. Insigne has done good as well. Chiesa is he was the one they all expected to play. He was the yeah. one that they thought would be the the main attacking spark, and he just hasn't been able to really get in. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think he's on the cusp of getting in there, but Mancini, unlike Mancini's some other managers, he settles ruthless. on his team, doesn't he? He left yeah. Locatelli out. Yeah. It was looking like going to be player of the tournament. He says, yeah, you have a seat. And that's what, that's what a big manager can do. Like, you see the little bit of conjecture today in the media because Southgate didn't bring fucking Calvert-Lewin to the stadium. And it's taught his party and all that. Though the, the when it all falls down, it'll come down on top of Southgate, and that's okay. where I think. Because like if you, I'm, I'm not being funny. The, look at the the pre match today. Like Southgate was shitting himself. Yeah, he he doesn't carry himself like a confident no. man, doesn't he? No, and that's that's the that, thing. And that bleeds through. That does yeah. bleed through to the players on onto the pitch. Whereas you look at Mancini, like for no for absolutely no reason the other day. He has the blazer, yeah, by two fingers over the shoulder in the post match for no reason. We could have left in the dressing room, but you just said, "No, do you know what? I will do it." It's fucking. He's great. He is. He's man of the tournament, and that just just that single strain of grey hair he has going on in the front there. He looks the business. It's oh, a joke. Sharp. Makes me sick. Yeah. It's also good to see uh, Viali on the bench with his after his after yeah. all. His I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. Mm. And that's a throwback, Phil. You well remember the old Sampdoria team and in the eighties with Fiali and Mancini leading the line, and they were a great double act back in in the late eighties, early nineties. You know, and it's great to see the two of them linking up at the managerial level. But look, the Italians seem to be the 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 most strong and and balanced team so far in it. But we can't rule out England. They have a very favourable draw. We'll see how it goes. We'll come back next week and see how the, the competition is shaping up. So, lads, I want to thank us for coming on and having a chat tonight. Um, Chris, thank you very much. No worries, mate. Phil, always a pleasure to have you on. 
Phil Seven's debut. Phil, Phil Seven. Phil Seven. The, the Nike Phil. As, the as Nike. I get ready. As I get ready. Phil. Phil Nike. Phil Nike. <laughs> as, as I get ready for my forced adventure race ever. So it's uh, that's why I'm awake at night time. So. There you go. There you go. What a man. What a man. And Shawnee Lawson, all the way from Carrick and Shannon. Thank you very much for joining us, pal. No, what a Carrick on Spain. Carrick on Spain. Is it warm there? You've it's absolutely fan. boiling up. I'm up in the attic here and I'm actually melted. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Good stuff. Listen, we've been the Day Trippers. This has been the Euro Roundup and we'll see you all again soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.